Today is March 15th, 2021. And our first story, comedian Sarah Silverman recently announced that she didn't want to be associated with either political party. Now, this woman's never been a Republican. So this is essentially a disavowal of the Democrats over what she says is elitism and absolutism. It seems the lies from mainstream media and the cancel culture coming from the woke left is pushing more and more people away. And we actually have a story about how Washington Post published a fake narrative about Trump. But why were so many people on the left just so willing to believe this? As many of these Democrats and celebrities start to wake up to the lies because it's personally affecting them, we may see this cause massive damage to the Democratic Party. Our next story at the Grammys. They did a mock riot performance for a song calling out police brutality, propagandizing, pushing this narrative that lies about what's really going on in this country and misleads people into believing things are worse than they really are. But more importantly, in a statement from an activist who's been accused of anti-Semitism at the Grammys said, we don't need allies. We need accomplices, which suggests they're glorifying the crime, the violence and the riots and may actually expect or want more to happen. And our last story. The media is forced to reconcile with the narrative that is Ron DeSantis and the Florida COVID lockdown. It appears that Ron DeSantis made the right choice after all, and Florida is flourishing, doing better than many of these Democrat states, so much so that even the New York Times is forced to admit there are many benefits to not locking down, and all of the smear pieces may have been wrong. Before we get started, leave us a good review. If you like the show, five stars, leave a comment if you think we deserve it. And let's jump in to that first story. Sarah Silverman is known for her very offensive style of comedy. She's just announced she is leaving the Democratic Party. And while it's fair to point out, she literally said that she was disavowing both political parties. She's never been a Republican. She's always criticized the Republicans. So it seems like a kind of soft way of saying the Democrats are going insane. Now, for those that aren't familiar, Sarah Silverman lost a job not that long ago because of a comedy sketch she did in 2007. And it seems like a part of her knew that no matter what she did, she could never escape her past. That seems like an unreasonable position for anyone to hold because we're supposed to allow people to evolve. Silverman notes this. She says the parties are rife with elitism and absolutism, and now she doesn't want to be want to be associated with either. It's interesting considering just this past month or two, she was advocating for people to register their friends to vote because she was trying to help Democrats win in Georgia. So what caused the change of heart? Honestly, I'm not sure. Maybe it's things like, you know, whatever, whatever is happening to Bill Burr, the comedian being accused of being racist, I guess, because he mispronounced a name and having a non-white wife. I'm not even kidding. Someone, there's actually a verified Twitter user saying he's he may be a racist for ha- being in an interracial marriage. It's things like this that are driving Democrats away from the party. Recently in Nevada, the entire Democratic Party staff for Nevada quit. Because Democratic Socialists won every party leadership position. Personally, I blame the media. And I think the voter bases in this country are built up primarily of two different groups of people. It's not so much left, right, authoritarian, libertarian. A lot of people try to figure out where the culture war is. But I genuinely believe it's those who read the news and those who don't. And what I mean by that is literally those who read the news and those who don't. Within that, you have people who are just bullies and want power. But let me let me explain the reading the news. There are certain stories 
that are absolutely fabricated. We have a new story coming out now where, where two months on, the Washington Post has finally admitted to running a fabricated story about Donald Trump. They claimed they had a secret recording that said all these awful things, and people just chose to believe it without being discerning. They just blindly trust the media. So what happens when news outlets that push rage bait culture war garbage, and I'm talking about powerful venture backed corporatist ones, they push these narratives that are obviously false because it makes them money. They run a story with an unnamed source claiming things to be true without any evidence because they know it will make them money. Here's what happens. There are people like you who watch my show or listen to my podcast and you say, well, I want to dig deeper. Many say I don't agree with Tim or don't necessarily trust him, but I do think he's at least trying to get, you know, an honest take on, on the media. What, what, what I mean by trust is you don't assume everything I'm saying is correct. That's why you're probably watching a show like this. You are discerning and you want proof. But there are many people who turn on CNN and just believe whatever they hear. What happens then when these woke outlets are pushing these narratives, making claims about individuals, calling them far right fringe or whatever? They just believe it. They then vote for Democrats who are increasingly woke or deranged. Regular people who don't care about any of this are then pushed out, causing major damage for the Democratic Party. I think it's important to point out the Republican Party has their share of crazy conspiracy weirdos, but it seems to be the exception and not the rule. And for the Democrats, it's the rule and not the exception, which is why you see people like Sarah Silverman now quitting even after Joe Biden already won. In a segment this past weekend, Bill Maher said that we are a silly people and China is not. And this is the important takeaway. Let's read this and I'll break down what's going on, what Sarah Silverman is saying, why she's trashing both parties, why she's leaving the Democrats and where I think this ends up. I do think it's extremely important to point out cancel culture is what is driving people away from the Democrats. And guess what? Republicans are right there with open arms saying, hey, we're the ones saying cancel culture is bad. At a certain point, when regular Americans get canceled, they're going to turn to Republicans. And that's not necessarily a good thing either. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support my work in the event that I get canceled or banned or purged or whatever happens. If you're a member at TimCast.com, you are helping to ensure I can keep doing my work. And you also get access to exclusive members-only TimCast IRL segments. So make sure you check that out. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a good review if you really do like the show. But let's get into this and talk about why Sarah Silverman, a famous celebrity who, who seemed to have loved the Democrats only a couple months ago, is actually quitting the party. Town Hall reports. Comedian Sarah Silverman is a longtime member of the Democratic Party. She's made appearances at the Democratic National Committee. She's been outspoken for her support of twice failed presidential candidate Senator Bernie Sanders. But according to Silverman, she no longer wants to be associated with any political party because of the baggage and the elitism that comes with each party. Quote, it's the absolutistness of the party I am in that is such a turnoff to me. It's so effing elitist, you know, for something called progressive. It allows for zero progress, she explained. It's all or nothing. No steps towards all or effing nothing. The comedian described it as righteousness videos. I'll put it that way. Something she thought long and hard about. I don't know that I want to be associated with any party. I really think I don't want to be associated with any party anymore. It's just it comes with too much baggage. That, my friends, is a particularly important thing to highlight. She's not a Republican. She doesn't like the Republicans. Guess what, my friends? Neither do I. In fact, I don't even think most of the Trump supporters like Republicans. 
They like the insurgent libertarian types, America first types who are moving into the Republican Party. I tweet, I put out on Twitter, impeach Mitch McConnell. And guess what? Trump supporters and progressives are like, okay. I'm like, hey, we can agree on these things, right? I don't like Pelosi. I don't like McConnell. I don't like either party. But the Democrats are losing key support from celebrities who are sick of cancel culture. Obviously, Bill Maher is someone who's roasted cancel culture for some time. But it, it, it should have been, he should have been the canary in the coal mine. This guy who absolutely detests Donald Trump and rags on him at every opportunity had to stop and say, Democrats, you're going crazy. They're going to say, according to Sarah Silverman, every political party comes with baggage she's referring to so much so that no ideas can be taken at face value. And without ideas, what are we? Without a common truth, how can we talk about it? Silverman used an example of both political parties being suspicious of the other side. There are policies most Americans can agree with and be considered decent ideas, but that depends on who brings them forward and their political affiliation. You know, Republicans might hear an idea that they would totally agree with, but if it comes from AOC, then they hate it. And of course, you know, to be honest, when I hear an idea that comes from a Republican, it's suspect to me. It's that ish that has created divisions in our society, which has prohibited America from being a nation of ideas. Here, here, Sarah Silverman, you're absolutely correct. But come on, for Republicans, it's the exception, not the rule. Albeit, it's a frequently occurring exception, but not the rule. For Democrats, it's the rule. They absolutely took every single opportunity to go after Donald Trump, no matter what, without even evidence. If you are not discerning and you just believed all the lies, it created this parrot, this, this, this cyclone of a predisposition to believe insane trash. Sarah Silverman, welcome to the red pill moment. And let me clarify, red pill doesn't become, mean you become right wing. It means you awaken to the lies of the corporate media narrative. Republicans may have some bad ideas, but so long as they're pushing back on the lies of the media, so long as they're rejecting cancel culture, who else do you have fighting on your behalf? I can't stand the Republican Party. They do nothing. They are, they are, I, I got, I'm sorry. Republican leadership is pathetic, a moronic failure. I called them too stupid to deal with social media censorship almost three years ago now. So, so no, you don't have them in your corner. They're basically obstructionists. The Democrats are pushing lies. And many of these Democrats, especially the progressives, believe insane things because the media pushes insane lies in an effort to make money. So no, we can't be a nation of ideas. We can't move forward when one side hates the other no matter what. I refer to the Echelon Insights poll week we covered on the IRL podcast, the scary reality of it. Republican voters are like, policy issues matter to me. But when a Republican says they're concerned about illegal immigration because of its impact on the economy, maybe COVID and jobs, things like this, what do we hear? The media machine just says, you're racist. Why? It makes them money. It generates the villain. For Republicans, the villain is not other Americans. The villain is people who hate America and want to destroy it. Sometimes that's other Americans. For Democrats, their villain is quite literally other Americans, Trump and Trump supporters. Don't believe me? I bring receipts. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you this story from the Washington Post. It says, this is from January 9th, quote, find the fraud. Trump pressured a Georgia elections investigator in a separate call. Legal experts say could amount to obstruction. 
Really? Donald Trump told them to find the fraud. Well, the Washington Post reported it. It must be true. In fact, it wasn't just the Washington Post. How about Vox.com? Trump reportedly told Georgia's lead election investigator they could be a national hero if they found fraud. Trump pressured Georgia elections investigator to find the fraud. ABC, that was CNN, ABC News. On December call, Trump urged Georgia, find the fraud. NBC News. In earlier call, Trump pressured Georgia. You get the point. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the March 11th correction from the Washington Post, where the title now reads, Trump pressured a Georgia elections investigator in a separate call legal experts say could amount to obstruction. Ah, but without that quote, what is this story really about? My friends, I give you one of the most profound and devastating corrections we've seen yet in this era. The Washington Post writes, correction, two months after publication of the story, the Georgia Secretary of State released an audio recording of President Donald Trump's December phone call with the state's top elections investigator. The recording revealed that the Post misquoted Trump's comments on the call based on information provided by a source. Trump did not tell the investigator to find the fraud or say she would be a national hero if she did so. Instead, Trump urged the investigator to scrutinize ballots in Fulton County, asserting she would find dishonesty there. He also told her that she had the most important job in the country right now. A story about the recording can be found here. The headline and text of this story have been corrected to remove quotes misattributed to Trump. Do you think that correction has reached everyone else? No. Go to Google. Type in Trump pressure, find the fraud. And what you see? AP News, Trump pressured Georgia. PBS, Trump pressured pressured Georgia. Then you have... Uh, uh, CNN and, and Wall Street Journal appearing, showing the real, the real updates. This one, originally from January 9th, seems to have been corrected on CNN. Bloomberg, Trump pressures Georgia. Business Insider, Trump pressures Georgia. CNBC, Trump pressures Georgia. USA Today, over and over again, Washington Post, US News, they all pushed the lie. Here's the original story. President Trump urged Georgia's leading elections investigator to find the fraud in a lengthy December phone call saying the official would be a national hero, according to an individual familiar with the call who spoke on the condition of anonymity. In other words, somebody who lied to the Washington Post to smear Donald Trump. Why? Because maybe they were pushing for impeachment. How many stories have come out after the fact? that have essentially exonerated conservatives, moderates, the politically homeless, and Donald Trump. The Hunter Biden story. It was blocked by social media, perhaps as part of the effort of, a, of that Time magazine, what they refer to as a shadow campaign to fortify the election. And then after the election was over, they said, oh, yeah, the Hunter Biden thing. It's all actually true. Two months after the Washington Post ran this fake story accusing Trump of obstruction, it was the Wall Street Journal that got a hold of the actual phone call, revealing it was not true. The Wall Street Journal says, then President Donald Trump urged the chief investigator of the Georgia Secretary of State's office to look for fraud during an audit of mail-in ballots. During the six-minute call, which was revealed, reviewed by the Wall Street Journal, Mr. Trump repeatedly said that he won Georgia. Something bad happened. He's not correct, by the way. When the right answer comes out, you'll be praised. She responded, I can assure you that our team in the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, that we are only interested in the truth and finding the information that is based on the facts. The Washington Post reported on the call in January, but this is the first time the recording has been released. Listen, 
I do not care to rehash any arguments about the election. This is about the media, their manipulation and how it's driving people insane and will eventually destroy the Democratic Party. But I believe it will destroy us as a nation before it actually causes enough harm to ruin just one party. Sure, the Democratic Party is being driven insane. Sarah Silverman quitting proves that the media is pushing lies because they hate Donald Trump. How many of these individuals in the Democratic Party entertain this weapon? This is why I call it the one ring from Lord of the Rings. I know it may be a silly joke and pop culture reference, but it is a power they can use. It benefits them, but they cannot control it. The media pushing lies ultimately will destroy the Democratic Party. A lot of people talk about how wokeness is primarily the issue, and it is the focus of what's going on, because I do think that is what's causing a lot of the, 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 the rift here, cancel culture. But the root cause of even the wokeness is algorithmic, algorithmically manipulated information to, put, to be pushed on social media that results in people losing their minds. I love it. There are a lot of people who would accuse me of doing the same thing. By all means, you're allowed to. You can disagree with me. But listen, my friends, if you're someone who just blindly reads these stories and believes them without any scrutiny, without checking any sources, have you ever stopped to question what you hold to be true? I can sit here and say I think the Republicans are really, really bad, and they're the uniparty. We call them that all the time on the RL podcast. It's one political party. The difference, Trump is taking over the Republicans. Bernie failed to take over the Democrats. Trump is far from perfect, and the Republicans probably need a better avatar of their populist anger. But it's very different from the establishment, and the Republicans do have some libertarian individuals. So while I think they're both just really awful political parties, I like Ro Khanna. He's a Democrat because he challenged Pelosi and he's done some good things. Tulsi Gabbard, I was a huge fan of. She was basically my favorite on the Democratic ticket. She's not really there anymore, although I guess technically she's still a Democrat. And I think Rand Paul and Thomas Massey are pretty good, too. A small handful of people I can praise from both parties. And I try to. I try to give credit where credit is due to stop the hyperpolarization. But there are people who would claim that I'm misrepresenting what's going on or, or lying. I'm, I literally pull up every single NewsGuard certif certified uh, source to show you what's happening. In the end, the reason why I start with the Sarah Silverman thing is because I think most of us already know this. I, I, I don't think I can come to you who watch my content regularly and say, guys, look at this. They caught fake news. You'd be like, I, yeah, and what else is new? And many people have said this to me because I've pointed out, can I really just do another story saying the media is lying? And they say, you have to, Tim. You have to point this out so that people wake up to the lies and they realize what's happening around them. And that's the bigger picture. Sarah Silverman. Wow. I mean, she was staunchly defending Democrats for a long time. Now she's talking about absolutism, elitism, and what appears to be cancel culture because she herself was canceled. Look at this one. Sarah Silverman confirmed on the most recent episode of the Bill Simmons podcast, she was recently fired from a movie. And I'll just say because of an offensive comedy sketch she did. This is August 12th, 2019. She absolutely understands what's happening. But here's the bigger picture. While I'll point out her quitting the Democratic Party is substantial, in my opinion, it's rooted in the lies of the media and how the media is willing to latch on to any garbage, nonsensical rumor that makes no sense in order to run trash news that gets them clicks, makes them money. And in the end, we end up being what Bill Maher referred to as a silly people. Bill Maher says the U.S. lost to China, too focused on woke competition and lizard people. With respect to Bill Maher, I think he's missing the bigger picture. Many would say I'm biased towards the, the Trump side or the right, and that may be. But when I look at Republicans saying cancel culture is bad, I say they're correct. We need freedom of speech. 
when they accurately predict some of these things. And, and even now, DeSantis is being praised in Florida for his actions on the lockdown. At what point do you recognize the Democrats are being whipped into a frenzy by an erratic and outraged media apparatus that's pushing insane blue and non type conspiracies? There are certainly a contingent of ridiculous conspiracy theorists on the right with Donald Trump. But that's the exception and not the rule. There's many of them. They're active. They go outside. They do crazy things. Don't get me wrong. But they are not the majority. And what do we say now to people like Sarah Silverman, who is clearly no longer a Democrat? You are now politically homeless like us. There are many people who voted for Trump. I get these messages all the time. You know, my show, believe it or not, the left might not want to uh, admit it. I hear I hear from a lot of people saying, you know, Tim's he's a big Trump supporter. You shouldn't watch his stuff. And not even true. I actually think I criticize Trump more than I actually praise his policies, but I defend him from the lying media more than I criticized him. You see how that works? I refuse to have the media make me say something that isn't true. So when something would come out that was not true, I'd say that's not true. And I would end up defending Trump and a defense can be easily construed with praise. And it's a fair point. I think so. But it's mostly about the media. The desperation this this kind of, you know, it's a manipulation for clicks. I made that point. Now we are seeing just exactly how bad things are getting. The other day at the Grammys, I mentioned this in my in my in my earlier segment for those on the podcast, you'll hear it in a bit. They reenacted riots as part of a performance. They make it look like all of these things that happen, they, 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 they propagandize. The media comes out and outright lies about what's going on. I'll give you another example. And this is activists in media. In the reference from the Grammys to the Rayshard Brooks incident, when that story came out about this guy, this is a story about the guy in Atlanta who fell asleep drunk in the drive-thru of a Wendy's. They took a photo of the officer rushing to render aid, and they took a frame of it and tried to make it look like the officer was kicking the man when he was down and it was fake news. Now, why would they do that? It's not just about making money. It's also about forcing their ideological will on others. And I think many of these people have realized the vulture-like behavior of a desperate media machine is an easy weapon to exploit. And because these outlets have always been biased in favor of liberals, whether the liberals want to acknowledge it or not, they, they got weaponized for leftist ideas. Well, now you're losing celebrities. Sarah Silverman, Bill Maher, there are many others who are just saying enough. The Hill reports, Comedian and late night host Bill Maher said the United States has lost to China in the battle for the 21st century. During real time with Bill Maher on Friday, Maher argued that China was becoming more dominant on the world stage as the U.S. argues over culture wars. He says, you know who doesn't care that there's a stereotype of a Chinese man in a Dr. Seuss book? China. All 1.4 billion of them could give a crouching tiger flying F, Maher said, referencing the, the Dr. Seuss thing. If anything, they are not a silly people. They are as serious as a prison fight, he said. And you know what? That's some ragging on for the Republicans. I, I think it was absolutely stupid. Fox News went crazy on Dr. Seuss. Republicans were reading Dr. Seuss. And my only thought was, who cares? Now, of course, I did a segment on Dr. Seuss, but my issue was eBay and other big tech firms banning the private sale of the book. Not so much the book itself, because I actually think if Dr. Seuss Enterprises doesn't want to sell the book anymore, I don't care. You can make your own version of these books if you want to keep them or buy the limited edition versions. 
That was the problem. The idea that the books couldn't even be sold or transferred between people is where we start getting authoritarian and freaky. And my bigger issue is with Silicon Valley authoritarianism. Bill Maher is correct, though. Is that what we're really going to be focused on? While the media is lying left and right for a variety of reasons, Fox News and Republicans were talking about Dr. Seuss for like a week. And they were heavily criticized by the left. And I got to say, I actually agree with a lot of left criticism on them. Now is not the time. And that's why I think it is fair for Sarah Silverman to say both parties, you got it. There's something people refer to as conservative ink. There are certain individuals involved with this, like Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens. I think people refer to them as conservative ink. And I tend to support their political battles because they're targeting woke dogma. But I will also criticize them, notably Candace Owens, when she said that, you know, she thinks people should be arrested for burning the American flag. Personally, I disagree with that. I think she's being honest when she talks about what she wants, which is why I will say, while I disagree with Candace Owens, I do think that she's actually speaking to her views and values. But I I wonder if conservative Inc. is more tribalist than anything, in which case they complain about the, the, you know, unpublishing or the halting of publication of certain books. Bill Maher goes on to criticize China's authoritarian government over controversies surrounding Hong Kong's autonomy and the nation's treatment of Uyghur Muslims. However, the host went on to argue that China is able to quickly develop and solve problems as the U.S. debates partisan issues. This is why I, I, I focus primarily on, uh, I, I don't want to get too much into this. I do talk about this a bit in the next segment as well, which, which came out at, at 10 a.m. for those that are uh, listening on YouTube. I'm not super concerned about this aspect of it, but I do want to point out we're fighting each other. Why? Sarah Silverman and other celebrities have come out and rejected both parties, I believe, is the right approach. Bill Burr is being is being heavily criticized for mispronouncing a name. And he, he when, when Gina Carano of The Mandalorian got canceled for saying, stop demonizing your neighbors. I mean, he, he came out and said she was the nicest person in the world. This is crazy. Now, he's got to watch what he says. And I, I respect his willingness to stand up and say this. But the Gina Carano thing should be a huge warning sign to all of us. As, as, I, as I note fairly often, there are many on the left that will criticize me for mentioning that we're facing some kind of civil war. They think civil war means 1860s, you know, conflict, two factions marching at each other's throats. I don't. I mean, it's that we're so busy fighting each other and viewing each other as villains that we are being over, overtaken by China, that the media is absolutely pu- pushing these ridiculous stories and these lies. We eat them up because it's the narrative that demonizes the other. And it it effectively keeps us trapped. Now, listen, I'll be the first to criticize myself. I make a bunch of videos critical of Democrats, and I'll tell you why. The Republicans seem to do nothing. They don't stop the censorship. They sit on their hands. They complain about the authoritarianism, but then revel in it. They don't actually stop it. A small handful of Republicans actually do the right thing. And it seems like Ron DeSantis in Florida is doing pretty well. But for the most part, they do nothing. They hold policy views they disagree with, and they're mostly establishment members of the single political party in this country that only feigns to be somewhat different. Many on the left will latch onto wedge issues, saying the, the issue of women or minorities' rights is, is not something to be you know taken lightly. And I just look at them and say, your information tends to be based off of propaganda and fake news. The, the willingness of these big corporations to manipulate whatever they can to make money. Hence the Grammys performance, where they, did, uh, they, they depicted a riot in a positive light. Destroying our own country isn't helping anybody. 
Criticizing the, the, the horrible aspects of our country is fine. It's good. It's healthy, actually. Criticizing the Democratic Party and the left is important. And criticizing the Republican Party is important as well. And I think when you have legitimate, honest Republicans criticizing the Republican Party, that's good. And same is true for Democrats. I think we should all be critical of both parties. Hence, I'm much more of a libertarian type person, though I lean slightly left. I'm fairly moderate. What we have today, though, is staunch tribalism, rage from both sides, accusations of who's really being canceled and who's really the bad guy. We have TV driven solely on the manipulation and the lies. Now we can see the cable news ratings are suffering in the Trump slump. This is amazing. And it goes into what I've been talking about, how the media manipulates and lies about everything. Ratings for everybody. Wow. Look at this. Who has the biggest ratings drop? It looks like it may be Don Lemon. Don Lemon's ratings have dropped 32.5%. Anderson Cooper, 32.2%. Cuomo, 28.5%. Chris Hayes, 16.7%. Laura Ingram, 9.2%. Lawrence O'Donnell, MSNBC, 17%. It's really remarkable. Tucker Carlson seems to have the smallest drop with only 4.8%, but everybody is dropping rapidly. Admittedly, even my views are down. Albeit, Timcast IRL views are actually way up. And that's partly on me because I'm putting more focus and energy into Timcast IRL and trying to do something above the trash. But this is the point. The Trump era was tribal warfare in our own country. And now that Trump is out, you can see just how awful it really was for everybody. I think seeing Sarah Silverman and other comedians start talking about this stuff is a good sign. It may it may show that the media is breaking they can't hold that narrative anymore. People are starting to wake up to the lies and they're realizing just how bad things really were. The ratings for these outlets are collapsing while shows like Timcast IRL on YouTube are actually gaining more and more views. At a time when ratings are in a slump and people are talking about the Trump slump, I hear from all these different political outlets are saying, yeah, our ratings are down. Timcast IRL is way up. I'm proud of that. I'm proud that we're having real conversations that people respect that are fairly moderate and it's doing better. That's what we need to do. And that's what I'm trying to focus on. I've had people say to me that this channel, you know, my other two channels, they, they, they don't really get out the, the, the view that I'm actually fairly a moderate individual and the thumbnails and everything tend to make people think I'm just more of a staunch Republican or tribal right wing individual. And I think that's where the bias comes in. So why I say the tribes are actually those who are discerning and those who aren't. When the media tells you that Donald Trump claimed find the fraud and you don't you don't hold a critical view of these media outlets. You believe it. And then two months later, it turns out you were wrong. And all of these stories are fake and still being shared around. These people end up pushing for laws and policies that make no sense because they just don't get it. And that's the reality of what my channel has always been. Critical of the media and the cathedral narrative. Republicans don't have that. They've rarely had it. Although there are establishment Republican types and people like Mitch McConnell, they do not have a very strong control of public perception and the narrative that is leftist, that is Democrat. And I have always sought to upend the lies, to challenge the lies and bring evidence of what's really happening. Now, maybe many people have said, Tim, you don't criticize the right wing lies enough. I criticized Tucker Carlson recently. I criticized him again today. But Tucker Carlson isn't the establishment narrative. He is not the cathedral. The amount of views that Tucker gets compared to all of these other hosts while it may be high and his ratings may be down less than anyone else's, they're still getting substantially more views. Just because Tucker had the highest rated show in cable history for a short period 
It doesn't mean he's actually all that influential. While he was getting around 5 million views per night, you combine the views of all of the leftist anti-Trump stuff, and it is six or seven times as many views as Tucker Carlson. So what am I supposed to say? Yeah, Tucker was wrong about that one. My bigger concern is the giant shark, not the little shark swimming around my feet. While there, or, or, or how about the, the, there's a gigantic great white or actually 50 of them swimming in our direction. And that's the mainstream narrative and the lies. And there's one, you know, to my right, who's actually just kind of doing his thing. There are things to, to be worried about, but I'm more worried about the field of sharks swimming towards us at full speed, causing damage and destroying everything in their path. While there may be narratives and lies that come from, from the right and conspiracy theorists and it wraps people up, I think there's a reason why it's the exception and not the rule. For the Democrats, it's the rule, not the exception. They believe lies. I think I made that clear, showing you two months on, we're now getting this correction. Please, the only thing I can really say, share this kind of stuff with your friends and family. Let them know you can like the mainstream media, but take it all with a grain of salt. Instead, what happens is you get people like Brian Stelter who claim that Tucker Carlson is the worst of the worst and everything he says is a lie. When in reality, the worst thing about Tucker Carlson is you might dislike his opinions. John Oliver went after him for his opinions and accused him of all sorts of nasty things. Is he wrong on his facts? That's what I'm concerned about. Because I, I don't agree with Tucker Carlson on a lot of his opinions, but is he wrong on his facts? Sure, he can make bold statements that are opinions. What about his facts? John Oliver has actually fabricated or put out completely bunk information on numerous occasions. Where are the fact checks for him? We don't really see it. We have a handful of outlets that do fact-checking on Facebook. One of them happens to be conservative, and the left tries to destroy it. That's the problem. I'm optimistic a little bit. It goes back and forth. Some things I'm pessimistic about, some things I'm optimistic about. When Sarah Silverman comes out and trashes the Democrats, it makes me optimistic that people are going to break away from both parties and maybe we'll have a real conversation. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Come hang out for the IRL podcast live. And uh, it's, it's, it's a fun show. We take super chats and comments, which we then will read many of. So if you're interested in having your two cents heard, we can't read every comment. It'd be impossible. But uh, come hang out. YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL at 8 p.m. And we'll see you all then. This past weekend, Bill Maher did a segment where he said China is a country of very serious people. And we here in the U.S. are a very silly people, making a reference to Lawrence of Arabia, where he was basically saying that we are doomed because China is doing a whole lot of really awful things. And Americans are too busy having woke Olympics. Well, my friends, I need only tell you, you lost. I had a conversation with James Lindsay about this on Friday over at uh, youtube.com slash Timcast IRL, the IRL podcast. And he was, you know, we were all very, fairly pessimistic that we may have already lost because what's happening is the woke cult, the critical race theorists and the manipulation in the fake media has created this narrative, this worldview, which is completely destructive to this country. It mostly makes no sense, and it is empowered and emboldened by massive corporations, advertisers, and in the end, the main person to benefit, the, the main uh, group to, to benefit from all this is the Chinese Communist Party. To put it simply, as the U.S. crumbles within itself from infighting and nonsense and an in inability to accurately tell people what's going on, you end up with China gaining the, the upper hand. The interesting thing about this is that China is very strict on controlling information, and we can see exactly why they do it. Now, don't let me prattle on too much about China. I want to show you where our weaknesses lie and just how bad it really is. My friends, there may be no coming back from this. 
In this article from the Daily Mail, President Biden, we demand justice. Brianna Taylor, activist Tamika Mallory, addresses Joe during Lil Baby's police brutality set at the Grammys to say we don't need allies, we need accomplices, my friends. The set effectively glorified the riots. They recreated the scenes of the riots. They performed it. They did a, a mock fake version of the death of Rayshard Brooks. For those that aren't familiar, that's the guy in Atlanta who was drunk, sleeping in, uh, fell asleep in a drive through And when the police tried to arrest him, he attacked the cops, shot one of them with a taser, fled, and then fired the taser behind him before being uh, shot and killed. It was not so clear cut. But in the video, they show a guy just complying and getting on the ground. And they, they, it's, it's absolute propaganda. Now, what I think happens is that, you see, China knows the authoritarianism works. What they'll do is they'll arrest people for saying naughty things on the internet. You insult the police, they arrest you. They torture you. So people keep their mouths shut. But this also keeps many of the people, many in China, in darkness. And they'll just say, sure, fine, whatever. Many of them are just culturally accepting, saying, you know what? Good. It means we're going to defeat the United States. Bill Maher pointed out, it was in the past couple decades, they've built five new cities from scratch. They built a skyscraper in 19 days, redid their entire highway in, in a month or whatever. And they've got 40,000 kilometers of high speed rail. My friends, we lost. And this is why the media in this country wants to use anger and rage to make money. That the journalism in this country died a long time ago. And without actual journalism of people telling you what's really going on and why it's important and saying, here's what I think, you know, y'all should care about. You end up with people being told to believe nonsense narratives to make them angry. And so they attack the wrong targets. It is. Look, if you if you're an enemy of the United States, you're probably laughing right now. There are a lot of things to be mad about. There are many instances in which a police officer might take someone's life wrongly or even illegally commit an act of murder. Not every single one, though. And while I do think it's fair to say we need police reform, we have here the glorification of the riots. More importantly, Tamika Mallory, do you know who she is? One of the founders of the Women's March who was accused of extreme anti-Semitism. And I'm going to tell you this. The things she said will get me in trouble on YouTube. That's right. I am here trying to inform you about what's going on. The Grammys, mainstream performance, promoting false narratives and whipping people into a rage frenzy to attack themselves, their own communities. And if I show you what Tamika Mallory said, YouTube will probably strike this video. She made a bunch of anti-Semitic comments, according to the New York Times. And now they bring her up to the Grammys to talk to Joe Biden. You see who's winning? Let me read the story for you, and then I'll show you some of these photos. Black Lives Matter activist Tamika Mallory addressed Joe Biden during the Grammys, telling the president, we don't need allies, we need accomplices. You read that? We need accomplices. While they show you pictures of violent terrorism, they ask for accomplices. Mallory, the co-founder of the Women's March, appeared on stage with rapper Lil Baby during his performance of The Bigger Picture. Surrounded by protesters holding hands, she said, it's a state of emergency. It's been a hell of a year and a hell for over four and hell for four, for over 400 years. My people, it's time we stand. It's time we demand the freedom that this land promises. President Biden, we demand justice, equity, policy, and everything else that freedom encompasses. And to accomplish this, we don't need allies. We need accomplices. It's bigger than black and white. This is not a trend. This is our plight until freedom. Lil Baby set recreated events seen across the U.S. in the summer during the Black Lives Matter protests. 
which uh, saw protesters and police clash in violent scenes that sparked accusations of police brutality on one side and rioting on the other. They call them protests, but they were literally and objectively riots. I mean, even the performance has a mock version of a riot. It says, pictured, Lil Baby performing during the 63rd Annual Grammy Awards in ceremony at the Los Angeles Convention Center, March 14th. His set recreated scenes that were seen across the U.S. in the summer during the Black Lives Matter protests. They're asking for criminal accomplices. They're, they're showing depictions of riots. They're saying they're showing it in a positive light. They're asking for more. And yet the media will only just say protests. So I guess, you, you know, you can only assume what's coming. Now, I want to show you a little bit of this right here. This is a video called Lil Baby, the Bigger Picture. And you, you can see in it, the police walk up to a vehicle. The police pull out this man. They then walk, he, the guy puts his hands up or whatever. They, they argue a little bit. And then eventually the man is placed on the ground. And for the most part in this video, he does resist a little. He complies. That's not what happened with Rayshard Brooks. And that's what they were talking about. They say outside a set made to look like a convenience store. The rapper performed his protest song, The Bigger Picture, which with the set uh, featuring actor and activist Kendra Sampson in a scene referencing the 2020 police killing of Rayshard Brooks. His performance also included a scene of a black man getting shot by, by a police officer. At one point, the rapper stood in front of an officer with a riot shield and, and the convenience store burned behind him as he performed on top of a cop car. You see what they're, what, what they're recreating and they're telling people to engage in. Listen, I believe that any person who dies at the hand of the police deserves justice. And you might even say, but those cops were scared. And I don't care. I don't care if they were scared. I don't care if there was no murderous intent. Accountability means accountability. If a police officer has a panic attack and shoots somebody, I mean, sorry, that's manslaughter. You drew a weapon on someone, you freaked out and you injured them. Okay. It was, it was a negligent behavior that resulted in death. Now there's an argument over Chauvin in, in Minneapolis because he was actually trained to restrain people by kneeling the way he did. That's in the Minneapolis police training. So the difference being when you draw your gun on someone and then panic, you took that action that was that could you know result in, in, in lethality. Whereas the training that Chauvin went through actually says, and, they've, and this is published, that it's to prevent asphyxia. But there's an argument. I'm not saying he's, he's innocent. I'm saying this one, I think we'll see go to the courts and we'll, we'll see what, figure, what, what we figure out. In this instance, they're promoting riots. They're showing something that was actually fairly clear cut. Let me break it down for you. The killing of Rayshard Brooks. You may remember if, uh, if you followed my content, uh, my, my, my uh, YouTube channels, I cover this extensively. And they basically say, listen, at 1123, Officer Rolf told Brooks, all right, I think you've had too much to, to drink to be driving. Put your hands behind your back for me. He and Brosnan then moved behind Brooks to handcuff him. Brooks tried to break free. It's an, it, that, that's interesting because in the video, they show the guy just, you know, get on his knees and lay on the ground. He tried to break free and then he and the officer scuffled on the ground. During the struggle, Brosnan drew his taser, but Brooks rested, rested it from his, wrestled it from his hand and fired it. Brosnan says the taser contacted him and he struck his head on the pavement. Brooks stood up and punched Rolf who drew his own taser and filed, fired both cartridges at Brooks with no effect. Brooks fled through the parking lot with Brosnan's taser still in his hand. While still running, Brooks glanced back half-turned and fired the second shot of Brosnan's taser, capable of two shots before being reloaded at Rolf's head. According to prosecutors, Brooks and Rolf were 18 feet apart when Rolf dropped his taser, drew his handgun, and shot Brooks once in the mid-back and once in the buttocks. 
Prosecutors allege the third uh, struck a nearby vehicle, narrowly missing its three occupants. According to prosecutors, disputed by Rolf's attorney, Rolf then said, I got him. Two minutes after Brooke and, uh, was shot, Rolf appe- uh, Brooks was shot, Rolf appeared to unroll a bandage and place it on Brooks' torso. Seven minutes after Brooks was shot, an ambulance arrived and he was taken to the hospital, where he died following surgery. Brosnan was treated for a concussion. Tasers can be lethal. The police would do well to know that as uh, to know that. And often we hear about, you know, police will drawing a taser and many people say, oh, it was just a taser. No, tasers kill. There was a story about like a, it, was a, it was a teenage girl and she was running from a cop. So he stopped and he fired the taser at her, but she was running. So the taser paralyzed her. She just went straight forward, smacked her head in the ground. I could be wrong about the story, but I think she died from that. I think going forward and then smacking her head killed her. Tasers can be lethal. In this instance, however, this guy was fighting them, drunk, dangerous, and he stole a taser, fled with it, and then tried firing at a cop. I'm not going to pretend like anything that happened here is a good thing, and I'm not going to defend anybody for any of their actions. I can certainly say maybe the dude was just drunk and you should have told him, pull over, buddy, pull over right here, get, take, your, you know, take your keys out, or just start walking. I wonder why we don't have a police department that can literally just say that. I suppose the issue is if this guy's driving drunk and he does it again later and then someone gets killed, whose fault is that? You see, you can either defend one or the other, depending on who in, in which way your bias goes. So you have the people supporting Brooks. Sorry, they're outright, outright lying about what happened. Now, I could certainly say, like I did, the cops could have said, come on, buddy, you're drunk. We're going to pull your car over. It's probably going to get towed, but you better start walking because you can't be driving. Instead, they move to arrest. They're supposed to. They're asked to do it. So, you know, I don't know, make your call. The left is just going to say, well, they should have done the, you know, the, the, the former. But then you have, you know, the question of whether or not the cop should have even shot him simply because he had a taser. And I think the answer is this guy's violent. He's now got a weapon. He's fleeing. He may be dangerous. And if he does something, whose fault is that? Not only, not, not, not to mention, like I said, tasers can kill. I wish it didn't happen, but these things happen. So it's tough. The bigger problem I see, the Grammys promoting this to a mainstream audience, showing these images of the guy being laid down as this cop is cuffing him. And that's just not what happened. It was not so easy. There was that story of that one guy. We talked about this with, uh, with um, I think Clifton Duncan over on the IRL podcast, where it was this guy. I forgot his, I forgot his name. His last, I think his last name was Scott. He's like very pathetically running from the cop because he's an old and kind of out of shape guy. And the cop just draws his weapon and shoots him. No, no joke. On video, someone filmed it. That happened. That literally happened. Cop saw the guy walking away and he just pulls his gun and then shoots him for no reason. That should never have happened. That cop went to jail. And that's, that's supposed to be what happens. Now, when cops have a clear cut, you know, case of murder and, 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 and you know, negligence and, and things like that, they do get arrested. No, no, I, I do think that we need uh, sometimes activist pressure. So for sure, the problem is, well, the way I describe this is an autoimmune disorder, right? You have activists who have good intentions. You know, they're trying to stop unjust police killings. Hey, man, I'm right there with you. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of uh, government authority or anything like that. I do think we need police. I, I, I'm not a staunch, liber- hardcore libertarian on the bottom of the political compass. I'm the center left, you know, more liberal type, which means I recognize the need for police. But I also think cops need to be, you know, uh, legally restrained in certain capacities, but they still need to be able to do their jobs. I think it was Brett Weinstein who said, for a society to function, police need to be able to arrest people. And so that means if they pull you over and think you're drunk, you're getting arrested. That's the crazy thing to me. In this video, they're trying to make it, they said it recreates police brutality. It's like 
The dude gets out of his car and the cops place him on the ground and cuff him. That's not brutality at all. Now, I suppose there's more to the video that they're, they're not showing because they only released a small clip. This is why I bring up uh, uh, China. You have a no, uh, an, an accused by the New York Times and many others, anti-Semite, getting up on stage at the Grammys, calling on Joe Biden for equity policy. Equity policy is segregationism. They've already been doing it at colleges and it's getting worse. And that's why I say, look, y'all have lost. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Listen, many are probably saying, Tim, we're not watching the Grammys. Nobody watched it. The ratings are down for all these award shows. We're watching you. I know. But do you think the transition to honest media is going to happen fast enough to prevent what China's been doing in Hong Kong? It isn't. They did it. And I'm going to be honest, happened under Donald Trump's watch. What about Taiwan? You think if Trump couldn't stop them, that Joe Biden can? Sorry, oil exploration in, in Africa and South America. Attempts at, you know, they, they, they had once tried to build the Nicaraguan Canal, which would have destroyed a massive aquifer and decimated the region. That, that project got canceled. There's a lot of things China's been working on. One of the largest infrastructure projects, as noted by Bill Maher, and the U.S. is doing what? Struggling to have any real meaningful conversations because we are split. Now, Bill Maher likes to jokingly say it's between the woke police and the, you know, the people who think lizard people are taking over. Sure, it's a funny joke, but that's just not it. Bill, it's people like you and me and the people who watch your show and the people who watch this show who are critical of the woke police. The things you're saying about China are things that I said a month ago, two months ago, longer. When I started talking about Thucydides' trap and the risk we face as a divided nation, Bill, you're late to the party. And I think maybe it's because Bill relies too much on establishment media and he gets too much fake news poured down, you know, into his ears. Here we are. I'm grateful that at least he's talking about this and pointing it out that what do we do? At the Grammys, we rally around something less than half the country really cares about. The right now, according to Civ IQs, civics, it's a, a large polling. They find that support for Black Lives Matter is like, uh, I don't know the exact number, but it's, it's below 50%. Opposition is only around, I think, like 39%. And then people who are unsure and don't want to give an answer are like, you know, double digits, 12 or 13 or so. Net support for Black Lives Matter has declined precipitously following the George Floyd riots. People did not like it. When I say we lost, what I mean is when the Grammys doesn't understand what people like and don't like, when the Grammys is pushing a propagandistic narrative that sows division and discord in this country and promotes the destruction of our own industries. <laughs> I tell you this, man, Xi Jinping is probably laughing. And so is Vladimir Putin. They're probably having a good time. Iran, Venezuela, they love it. And maybe. Maybe it, that, that, that's where we will end up. We will end up in a world where the U.S. just rips itself to shreds. There's been talk of secession, a lot of talk of secession, uh, secession. and many, uh, uh, you know, we like NBC News writing, it's time to take it seriously. NBC News, NBC News wrote this, I covered it in a segment, that we need to start taking secession talk seriously, because we've heard many people talk about peaceful divorce. I'm not a fan. I think China crushes us if that happens, but I think it's it needs to be pointed out. We are already divided. It doesn't. I mean, it almost feels like we are united in name only the United States. I mean, you look at Joe Biden wanting to impose more COVID restrictions and nationwide, even though you have red states already opening up and you even have Maryland, a blue state. Granted, they have a Republican governor who announced businesses would be businesses would be reopening. 
We are divided. We have no leadership. It's not Joe Biden. He's not leading this country. Joe Biden was the consolation prize. He was the last ditch effort of those who hated Donald Trump. But you know what? It's not like Trump is perfect, but it's not like Trump is the cause. I think Trump was the symptoms of the problems we face. The establishment recoiled at the idea of an outsider populist winning and threw everything they could at him. And that means they started tearing this uh, country to shreds. They thought it would be better that we rip this country apart than allow Donald Trump to do what he was doing. It's interesting, really. We had a great economy in 2019. Then COVID happened and it was a bunch of Democrat governors who put sick people in nursing homes, shut everything down and destroyed everything. Now, the country, it was even split on, in, in that capacity. It's the weirdest thing. I don't understand how you could be on uh, 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 these leftists. I, don't, I, I can't see them as anything other than grifters. Because when you look at my position, positions, you'll find inconsistency or maybe evolution of opinion. For instance, I'll say, I don't think we should be locking things down. I think we should have a surgical approach. And I don't think police should be killing people. And I don't think we should have 25,000 National Guard in D.C., what do we hear from the left? All oh, the riots from Antifa were, were defensible because they're fighting for justice. Oh, and also 25,000 armed troops in D.C. is acceptable because Trump supporters are bad. To put it fair, to be, to be fair, it's really simple. Those people are just authoritarians. They believe they have a right to go and smash things up and they say as much. Like Gravel Institute, hardcore authoritarians, proud and admitted. Well, I mean, they'll probably lie to you. And say that they're not really authoritarians. But Gravel Institute tweeted, they thought the tactics used in D.C. on the 6th were good. They just didn't like the people doing it. I think they were both bad. (laughs) Whatever. That's authoritarianism. When you believe only you have the moral justification to use violence against your political opponents. These are the kinds of people we should never allow to take power. The problem, those who believe in freedom and respect, we are giving these people the benefit of the doubt and allowing them to speak and propagandize and lie, cheat and steal. Because there are certain boundaries. You're allowed free speech, even if you're stupid. And that means stupid people spread dangerous ideas. It's a fact. And that means it could be the far right or the far left. And those who believe in freedom recognize that and try to combat that. However, we have industry against us. The Grammys, whatever. They're using massive multinational power and authority to push a propaganda narrative. Their allies in big tech suppress those who challenge them. And this cult-like monoculture is being pushed on a people that really do not want it. In the end, it will result in violence. And indeed, it already has. So what? We sit back. We tear ourselves apart. China takes over. I think that part already happened. And I think Bill Maher made that point. He was right. That that's already happened. We've already lost. He said something like, you're not losing. You've already lost. And it's because of the division. Maybe it's pessimistic to say we've already lost because we are watching the decay of establishment media. We are seeing the Grammys garner lower and lower ratings. And maybe this was a desperate attempt to try and get ratings, not realizing that what's skyrocketing and growing are channels like mine. Moderate opinions, trying to be honest, telling everyone to chill the F out and focus on the real threats. I do not want to go to war with anybody. I had a good conversation with Cassandra Fairbanks about how war with China is going to be really bad. And even when I was saying, but they're running concentration camps, what do we do? She made a great point. A bunch of countries are committing atrocities. We don't invade all of them. And I'm like, it's a good point. So what do you do? It's a tough question. But I will tell you, as soon as they have the ability, China will crush the U.S. naval forces, uh, air force, military, take over more and more space, building coal power plants, 
If you're on the left, just know that they violated their agreements on coal power plants and they're pumping out carbon emissions. Where are you at? If you're on the right, they're expanding their military presence in the South China Sea. But more importantly, if you're an American who cares about principle, both of those things should matter to you. They are defying their agreements with us. We said, don't build these things. They said, okay. And then they went and did it anyway. They're pressing on the South China Sea. We said, stop doing this. They said, shut up. They did it anyway. They took Hong Kong. So they wouldn't. They did anyway. And they're going to take Taiwan. And we are going to sit back and we're going to be arguing about whether or not Mr. Potato Head is gendered or Dr. Seuss books are bigoted. I don't care. I don't care all that much about Dr. Seuss. I do care about the censorship. I care when eBay shuts down the private sale of things. And that shows you we're screwed. If we can't talk about this and call it out, we're in trouble. And as soon, I tell you, as soon as they get the ability to to censor absolutely, it's done. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. It seems that at a certain point, the media just has to stop lying because we can see the data and we can live our lives in Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis took some controversial approaches to dealing with COVID. And they were only controversial because the media kept saying, you are wrong. You will get people killed. You better lock down, shut down the schools, double mask, get everybody that vaccine. And now we can look at the numbers and what's happening. Well, California is doing worse. New York is doing worse. Many other states are doing way worse than Florida is. Now, by all means, I think the vaccines are great. It's awesome that we were able to get them done so quickly. Donald Trump deserves a lot of credit for this. But if you look at what's going on in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Michigan and New York, and you got these nursing home scandals, we can clearly see Ron DeSantis did a much, much better job. Christy Nome, a much, much better job. Yet the media would not stop going after them. It's about time we got back to work, ladies and gentlemen. And the time for that was a long, long time ago. Well, a long time ago, as in like probably seven or eight months ago. It was supposed to be 15 days slow the spread, not a year anniversary. And Biden now is still saying we need more COVID lockdown. doesn't matter. People in Florida are living it and they're fine. A lot of people have lost their lives. That's a bad thing. We all recognize that. But we need to make sure we don't destroy everyone's lives, our economy and our country to save some lives. Because as Trump often said, the cure cannot be worse than the disease. What's shocking now, my friends, is that national media is actually starting to recognize Ron DeSantis. He was right the whole time. I know, I know. You may be shocked. You may be laughing about how dumb these people were. Think about the devastation caused by these midwits in media who want to impose their draconian rule without logic, sound, or science. Think about the damage that would have been wrought if Ron DeSantis listened to them. Now they're being forced to come out and say, <laughs> maybe he was right. Axios reports, Florida's pandemic response gets a second look from national media. After a solid year of living with the pandemic, the national press is beginning to ask the question that even Democrats have been quietly pondering in the Sunshine State. Was Governor Ron DeSantis' pandemic response right for Florida? I love how they say for Florida, because that way they don't have to drag all the other failures across the country. Well, we recognize that Florida is an individual state and his decisions were right for Florida. Sure, I'd be willing to bet Ron DeSantis's decisions would have worked well for many other states, notably not putting sick people into nursing homes where you were warned people will die. 
They say, don't forget, more than 32,000 Floridians have died, a number the state's leaders rarely acknowledge. But our death rate is no worse than the national average and better than some states with tighter restrictions. The LA Times compared Florida and California's responses. California imposed myriad restrictions that battered the economy and have left most public schools students learning at home for a year. Florida adopted a more laissez-faire approach, decried the public health experts, allowing indoor restaurant dining, leaving masks optional, and getting children back in classrooms sooner. But it points out, if California had Florida's death rate, roughly 6,000 more Californians would be dead from COVID-19, and tens of thousands of additional patients likely would have landed in already overburdened hospitals. And if Florida, and Cal- if Florida had California's death rate, roughly 3,000 fewer Floridians would be dead from COVID-19. Okay, then maybe the reality is Ron DeSantis just knew better for his state, but the media would not let go. The same is true for Christy Noem and, and Greg Abbott in Texas. The national media comprised of people who live in big cities, mostly the Beltway in D.C. and in New York, think they know better than you do and your local officials. I mean, it's a really great story to place right next to gun control. They think they know what works for where you live. They do not. It's a really great. It's a really great uh, uh, bit of news for advocates of state, more state control and a weakening of the federal government. They say on Sunday's front page, the New York Times explored the positives from the booming real estate market to Florida's low unemployment rate for an early reopening. Quote, much of this of the state has a boom town feel writes Patricia Metze, uh, Maze, a sense of making up months of lost time. The Times notes that Florida's unemployment rate is 5.1% compared to 9.3% in California, 87 in New York, and 69 in Texas. Quote, that debate about reopening schools, it came and went months ago. Children have been in classrooms since fall, and it appears people aren't dropping dead in the streets. It seems like Ron DeSantis was right. I want to give a shout out to Ron DeSantis. You know why? He's also going after big tech censorship. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked, really, that we don't have any real leadership in this country. And Ron DeSantis, by all means, every politician is worthy of criticism. And I, I, I hate to come out here and be like, look at all these great things by this politician. No, Ron DeSantis certainly is worthy of criticism, but here he is worthy of praise. I'll give Joe Biden praise because he moved to the vaccine timeline by a month. And I think it's worth noting. I think he should have given Trump credit. In this regard, Ron DeSantis has done a ton of really awesome things going after big tech censorship. Uh, his, his decision making when it came to the pandemic seems to have been better than many others. Perfect. We don't know. Does this mean he will run for president or he'll be brought on as vice president under a Donald Trump 2024 ticket? Many people are speculating that may be the case. I don't know for sure, but it certainly sounds like of all of the people we've heard from in a long time when it comes to the problems this country is facing, Ron DeSantis seems to have a better grasp of things than anyone else. I often say Republican leadership is an oxymoron. I'll tell you this. In Florida, that's where it's the exception, not the rule. Ron DeSantis did right by the people who live in his state. Again, perfect. We don't know. Better than many other states. They say the big picture. Much of the public part of DeSantis's pandemic response feels more and more like an addition for a 2024 presidential run, which Politico's Mark Caputo has noted. With a COVID death counter, uh, uh, with a COVID death count cover up consuming New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and a pandemic related recall effort haunting California Governor Gavin Newsom, Republicans are embracing DeSantis as a red state exemplar. Our thought bubble. We've long known 
that the state's pro-business Republican leadership was making a sort of grand bargain, that the death toll was the price paid for keeping commerce flowing and keeping kids in schools. The closer you are to either loss, to either loss or to the fullness of life will likely determine how you feel about the state's response. Look at that. Let, let, let me let me repeat what they just said. We've long known that the state's pro-business Republican leadership was making a bargain. The death toll was the price for keeping commerce flowing. You see how broken this media is, how broken it is. Florida is doing better than many other states. Ron DeSantis wasn't putting, as far as I know, COVID patients into nursing homes. They avoided that. And then in many other states, people were literally killed. Cuomo, for instance, I mean, the story is horrifying. You know, for whatever reason, I think this may be one of the most important stories we've ever seen. People just don't seem to care. They don't. That's fine. You don't have to. I'm going to talk about it because it's something that we need to talk about. For Murphy and Cuomo, this is from NJ.com. Questions persist over a decision to uh, readmit nursing home residents. Here's what happened. Well, the gist of this, let me tell you, is that Andrew Cuomo is facing an investigation, criminal potentially, for a variety of reasons. We'll keep this one on COVID. Cuomo killed people. That's it. Period. I'm not here to have, have an argument with people. I, I, I have people saying, no, 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 it was just a policy. I don't care. I don't care. He was warned. Look at this. Quote, patients will die. An unidentified administrator declared, according to a recording of the outspoken meeting obtained by NJ Advanced Media, you understand that by asking us to take COVID patients, by demanding we take COVID patients, that patients will die in nursing homes that wouldn't have otherwise died had we screened them out. They knew. And look at Ron DeSantis, who was vilified, demonized, smeared, attacked relentlessly. Far from a perfect individual because nobody is. Cuomo literally killed people and was warned in no uncertain terms. And the media went after DeSantis. Why? Well, it appears in this country, if you're a Republican, you're a second class citizen. Now, I'm not trying to claim Republicans are forced into squalor or anything like that. I'm just saying the media does not give you a fair chance. They will lie. They will cheat and they will steal. And I think the tides may turn at some point. Because right now, it's all about the biggest market share for these media companies. They've decided to sacrifice fair and balanced in an effort to maximize their viewership. So when they're looking at a hyperpolarized country, they decided we have to play into the hyperpolarization, which means no credit for anyone who is not in our tribe. Why would we make any kind of statement that would benefit the other side? Our audiences would want that. Let me throw some something into the mix. To Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the money she raised for those in Texas, one of the coolest things I've ever heard. I love the idea that we can make the culture war about helping the poor better. And I love the idea that AOC showed up Ted Cruz, made him look bad because she raised millions of dollars for the poor. That's what it's supposed to be about. So my respect on that regard. I'm not a fan of her politics. I'm not a fan of her behavior. But if she's going to be this this like woke Twitterati snapback politician, but it's all about, I'm going to raise more money than you and help the poor. I'm like, oh, no, she absolutely deserves all the credit in the world for that maneuver. She deserves criticism for the things I disagree with her. The same is true for Biden. Not a big fan. Here we go. Here comes the warmongering and the conflict. He moved up the vaccine distribution timetable, and I'm sure he's been working hard to make that happen. I respect it. Not perfect. Really don't like the guy. Never been a big, big fan of Donald Trump, just liked some of his policies. That's where we need to be as Americans. We need to look at what Ron DeSantis did and say, is it working? Instead, they say he's a Republican who's going to kill people. That's dumb. 
And that will kill people. And when you look at Andrew Cuomo, and instead of just, oh man, go to my Instagram, go to Instagram.com slash Timcast. I got a picture. I can't believe this picture. It was a t-shirt and it's got a check. It's got three check boxes. One says single, one says married, and then one said mentally dating Andrew Cuomo. Bravo, merchandisers. They knew that there were people who were obsessed with the guy. Meanwhile, Cuomo is being accused of a whole bunch of crazy things by seven women. And we have a statement right here. We know for a fact as a recording, they were warned people will die if you do this. They did not care. And the, and the, and the big picture here is I'm not, I'm not trying to just constantly rehash. We know about the nursing home things. We'll get some updates on it. I want to point out how the media played the game. Who did they attack? Christy Nome, Republican, is refusing to lock down while South Dakota becomes a major hotspot. So I looked at the data. When all this is going down, I looked up the, the data from uh, John Hopkins. And what did we find? South Dakota was not a hot spot. The population density is, is, is microscopic. There was no reason to do what they were demanding they did. Or they sh- that other states were, uh, were doing. They said, you got to do what the other states are doing. And she was like, nah. And so they claimed it was a hot spot because there were outbreaks, sure. But it wasn't any, was it anywhere near as bad as what Cuomo did? No. And it, were they talking about Cuomo in the nursing homes? No, no. He was winning Emmys. He was writing his book. He got every pass in the world while he literally killed people. But a couple Republicans not following the orthodoxy were demonized and villainized. And it is not over yet, my friends. DeSantis to Biden. Thoughts of reinstating COVID-19 restrictions. Insane. There was even a period. Apparently, Joe Biden threatened travel restrictions on Florida. And DeSantis snapped back. He was like, what do you think you're doing? These people are insane. Joe Biden is not a president for the American people. A good president. I'll tell you something I like about Bernie Sanders. In 2016, he was asked about gun control. And Bernie Sanders says it's very much an urban versus rural debate. And I was just like, bravo, good sir. And back then, I was much more in favor of gun control, mind you, much less today, as now I live in a rural area and I've become a a gun owner. But I respected that Bernie was reaching out to non-progressives, to conservatives, to people, because he's from Vermont. People up there like guns. They have lots of guns. They live in the middle of nowhere. They want their weapons. And Bernie recognized that. And I said, that's the kind of leadership we need. Someone who recognizes what is right for his constituents and that not everyone believes the exact same thing. Well, I'll tell you what happened. Donald Trump is a, a, a boisterous, arrogant person. We won't go beyond that. When they started making demands of him to toe the party line, he went, no, no, excuse me. I'm the one running. Bernie Sanders says, OK, yes, Hillary, just tell me what to do. And then when Bernie got invited into the ivory tower, he just started towing the line. He started talking about intersectionality and critical race theory, and it backfired with people going up on stage and grabbing his mic from him. That's what you get, Bernie. When you are too weak, he wasn't able to do it. But I can respect that he tried initially. I can't respect. I can't respect him now that he's flip-flopped. Donald Trump, I can respect. That guy fought tooth and nail. I don't respect him for the dumb things he did. Some of the people he hired, he hired a lot of really dumb people. He hired some bad people. He couldn't hire some people. He was obstructed, and I can respect that. Well, now we have Joe Biden threatening to put more restrictions in place. Check this out. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and I'll add this caveat, who is now being, who, whose policies are now being questioned as maybe it was a right, the right thing to do. On Friday, blasted President Biden's warning that the U.S. could need to reinstate certain coronavirus restrictions if the public does not stay vigilant about defeating COVID-19. Quote, to even contemplate doing any type of lockdown, honestly, it's insane. 
DeSantis said during a press conference in Florida, touting the state's efforts to administer vaccines to the elderly and other populations. Quote, that's not going to happen in the state of Florida. The governor continued, referring to reinstating restrictions. We're going to continue doing what works, but under no circumstances would we entertain anything of the sort. Biden has repeatedly vowed to not lock down the country, but warned in a primetime address Thursday night that some restrictions may have to be revisited if current downward trends change and the virus resurges. He emphasized, though, that his administration is focused on helping the nation return to normal. Even if we devote every resource we have, beating this virus and getting back to normal depends on national unity, Biden said. And national unity isn't just how politics and politicians vote in Washington. What's what the loudest voices say on cable or online? Unity is what we do as fellow Americans. Because if we don't say vigilant, stay vigilant, and the conditions change, then we may have to reinstate restrictions to get back on track. And please, we don't want to do that again. Biden spent much of his address discussing the administration's push to increase production and distribution of COVID-19 vaccines and touting his newly signed $1.9 trillion relief bill. Biden last night said they may have to impose more lockdown type policies in the future. I can tell you that ain't happening in Florida. We are not going to let him lock down Florida, DeSantis pledged Friday. Well, it doesn't matter. Fauci is apparently telling you what you can and can't do after you get your vaccine. And because of what Fauci has done, I'm sorry, I think Fauci has been one of the most destructive voices in getting things back on track. I know. I know YouTube might not like hearing that. They might get mad at me. I may get, you know, a strike for so, but I have to say it. Dr. Fauci was one of the first people to say not to wear a mask. I kid you not. Everybody's, you know, you've probably seen the video by now. And he flip flopped later on. He then said, you should double mask. It's common sense. Then he said, no, well, it's no science to prove that. Then he said, yeah, you know what? Might as well do it. Clearly doesn't know what, you know, what we should or shouldn't be doing. And he just goes along with what the media is saying. One of the most destructive things about what Fauci has done was that he kept telling people that even if you got the vaccine, you can't do anything. That's it. We should be telling people that the vaccine is the path to a return to normal. The vaccine is the key. I wonder, though, they don't want to give credit to Donald Trump. Think about it. I mean, they, they were able to exploit, not vouch, I mean, Democrats were able to exploit COVID for much personal gain. I mean, people, de- de- Democrats were saying, like Bill de Blasio, we're going to buy up all this cheap property now. They certainly saw a, a, an opportunity to exploit a crisis. Donald Trump said, we're going to pull out of the stops and crank out this vaccine. And then all of a sudden, these media stories popped about how dangerous it was and deadly it was. And I'm just like, bro, they're hyper focusing on a, a marginal failure rate. Now, look, I understand it's it's we've never done something like this. I mean, we rushed this thing. out. It's a new type of vaccine, mRNA vaccine. People have concerns. There have been vaccine injury. These things do happen. But as far as I can tell, after everything I've looked at, this is a tremendous accomplishment, overwhelmingly safe. But for some reason there, the media keeps putting up these stories about people getting sick and dying, even when it's spurious correlation. And Fauci's still saying, don't do this after you get the vaccine. Here's the things you can't do. Can you meet up with old friends, the grandkids? Can you go grocery shopping to try and clear some up? Some things up. Fauci said he, uh, the chief medical advisor to the president has been saying that what you should or should not do. Don't travel. He says, uh, uh, don't take off your masks. Don't gather with people. This is this is remarkable. Uh, when you'll have the, quite literally, look at this. You still have to wear your mask. You still can't gather and you still can't travel. No, 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 no. If you keep telling people that nothing will change, why would they bother getting the vaccine? I want to stress there have been uh, 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 warnings. If you're pregnant, if you have allergies, 
then maybe it's not right for you. And you should look, you should just talk to your doctor. Your doctor knows what's best for you, not some guy on TV, not me. Listen to your doctors. I just don't understand why it is. Fauci is of the opinion you can't do these things instead of saying, well, you know, we'll give you the guidance, but really talk to your doctor about what makes the most sense because they know what's right for you. And depending on which vaccine you get, I'm sure your doctor can fill you in better. Instead, Fauci's like, if you get the vaccine, apparently nothing changes. That's 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 a that's a terrible thing to say. So I look at what's going on with DeSantis. I look at what's going on with Biden and I look what's going on in Europe. And it says to me, the Democrats are adamant on exploiting this crisis or at least refusing to take responsibility for hard decisions. DeSantis is certainly willing to make those hard decisions, as is Christy Nome. In Europe, not so much. They're pathetic and they're weak. Germany declares a covid third wave has begun. Italy set for Easter lockdown. Quote, we have clear signs. The third wave in Germany has already begun. Lothar Wheeler, head of Robert Koch Institute for Infectious Disease, told reporters during a news conference on Friday. German Chancellor Angela Merkel has previously warned the country could be caught in a third wave of infections if restrictive public health measures were lifted too quickly. Italy, meanwhile, is reportedly set to impose another near national lockdown over the Easter weekend in an effort to curb the spread of the virus. No, I think it's politicians exploiting the crisis. I think there's a crisis. And I think, as the saying goes, never let a good crisis go to waste. There are certainly things we need to do and needed to do, and I can respect at least the honest attempts by many politicians, both Democrat and Republican, in an attempt to save lives. Some things we just had to do. A lot of people are probably saying the lockdowns never made sense. I think 15 days to slow the spread did make sense. We didn't want to overwhelm the hospitals. Fortunately, we did not. But for whatever reason, even though we had the Javits Center and the Mercy in New York, Cuomo decided to put people in nursing homes, killing lots of people. I think Cuomo was playing politics. I think that was an example. Using Javits and using Mercy, that's a win for Donald Trump. Can't have that. We'll take care of it because we're responsible for ourselves. I remember when New York was saying, like, we need more ventilators. And Trump was like, they got a bunch sitting in a warehouse. And they were like, well, we do, but we still need more. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? They didn't want to give Trump the win. That's it. And they were willing to let all this really bad stuff happen. Look, right now, the media is being forced to reconcile with that fact that the numbers have come out and DeSantis played it right. And I think Christy Nome deserves credit, too. They threw her a parade. We got some problems in this country, my friends, and it, and it is deeply divided political partisanship. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.